Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It is episode 109 of the Say Hey Podcast. I am Doug Hayes. It is October 10th, 2023. Bringing in my co-host as always, Say Hey Rob. Happy Tuesday, my friend. What's going on? Happy Tuesday, man. I think people are going to be a little confused. We're back on here within a week. So <laughs> yeah, this is, um, this is a lot going on very, very quickly here on the Say Hey Podcast. Yeah, it's nice to uh, go back-to-back weeks like it used to and how it should be. Uh, I know we'd have a lot of space in between, but uh, looking forward to tonight's episode, bringing on a uh, guest who's been one of us several times, Steven Rosetto, back in the helm. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, Doug and Robbie. Thank you guys for, for having me on. Uh, I love the Say Hey podcast. I love you guys. And uh, it's kind of a, you know, there's no games for the Giants. There's postseason going on, but uh, a lot to talk to still with the Giants, even though it's a few weeks from the last time they played. So I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Steven, of course, uh, covers the Giants last couple of years for SF Bay. He covers the Giants also for Giants Baseball Insider on Sports Illustrated. It's a long list here, man. You're also an admi- admin with us here on Giants Chatter. That's and, most important um, thing. Of course. And you got two podcasts. One is Rizzo Cast, and the other is Shutdown Inning. You do with our good buddy and fellow admin, Tyler Hall. So you're just a busy guy, man, with baseball and you're going to school. And um, how is the whole, how is school going? Like, how's, how's the writing or the journalism uh, degree process going and all that? The journalism degree process is going very good. Um, I am also the man. Hopefully, you say editor. very well very well uh i'm also the uh the managing one of the managing editors at san francisco state's uh student-run newspaper golden oh, gate boy. express um and i got one more semester there and i'll be graduating next spring in may uh and that would mean i completed college in four years which was the goal um community college and now sf state but it's going well the the days are long uh, i'm in the newsroom pretty much all day monday through through thursday and Definitely going well and uh, enjoying the experience. Awesome, man. We're super proud of you because we, we, we met Steven like it's probably been about three years now ago when like you were fresh out of high school. You know, COVID kind of shut down your, your senior baseball season. And just to see where you are now, like, you know, I know we joke a lot, but we're super proud of you and, and the uh, the route you're going. And, you know, you're going to make us all very proud someday. So, um Keep build, keep working on it. Keep building on yourself, and uh, you know, Aww, you're gonna thanks. you're gonna make it, my, my <laughs> friend. You're gonna make it. Talk about it. You're actually doing it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, thank yeah, you. I you appreciate know, you guys. You guys are the best. And the Say Hey podcast. I, I'm a big fan. It's usually on when I'm driving to school, and it's if I don't finish the episode when I'm driving to school, I'm listening to it on the way back. So appreciate it, man. Appreciate I that. really appreciate. it. Especially the episodes you're on, right? You want to critique yourself? No, I'm playing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, let, let's let's talk Giants, and and I kind of just want to jump into like with a broad uh, question here for you. Um, you know, you've covered for SFA the last two years. You've been in the press box. You've been in the clubhouse. You've been in the dugout. 
was there like a major difference um, covering the team between 2022 and 2023? Obviously, 21 or 22, the 81 wins, uh, big setback from the 107 the year before, and then this last year that just uh, finished. 79 wins was there a big difference between the two seasons from your perspective um i I think just like the general like dissatisfaction of what's going on around the organization and not just like not just by fans obviously but just by the players and the the people in the organization too the coaches uh like 2021 they had just such an amazing year obviously and i don't know how many more times we're going to say 107 wins i'm getting sick of it but i'll say it again 107 wins in 2021 and then the next year just like it was almost like like 2021 was like an invisible like you could you could make it invisible and you wouldn't be shocked that the giants finished 500 the next year um and then this past year i think they were expected to be a little bit better i i think i had them at 84 wins i know our good friend brooks newtson is the one that usually has that at the top of his head uh, what everybody had um but just one of the differences, I guess, just has been the sat- uh, unsatisfaction. And like I've kind of read in between the lines on a few of the quotes post game, um, whether it be a starting pitcher who isn't being used as a starting pitcher and they're vocal about it. Um, and it really started piling up towards the end of the year where the whole month of September, it seemed like every day that there's an article coming out either by Andrew Baggerly or Susan Slusser or Alex Pavlovich just every day seemed to be one new, I don't want to say accusation, but one new anecdote that kind of led you to believe this team's not in a great place. Like this, like we, we knew it based on the collapse in the second half and the offense was like among the league's worst. But once the stars, the story started trickling in, it kind of provided a little bit more context into like why this organization is kind of at a crossroads right now. And I think crossroads is exactly where they're at. And, um, but yeah, just, I don't know much of a big difference. Like it's still baseball it, for the most part, it was the same group, but you know, based on the stuff that's been trickling in that others have reported, I don't know if it's a different vibe, but there's, there needs to be a change of culture for this team to be successful. And um, it's, it's going to have to change this off season, or it's not just going to be a slight change. It's going to be a major change with even more heads getting kind of cut from the top. Steven, do you, do you think, after 2021, all, all those wins, and then last, then last year, okay, they go 500. You think there was a vibe, a vibe around the team going like, okay, well, we won 107 last year, and we didn't go our way this year, but hey, this was a one-off. We're going to flip it back next year. And then once it didn't happen, like around late July, August, do you think, I don't know, dudes kind of started to like start, it, it may be not openly, but you know, kind of pointing the finger at each other going like, dude, what, what the hell? Like where – like two two years in a, in a row, we're we're an average team, and we think we're capable of more. Like, do you think? I don't know. I I, I felt like after after twenty one, there might have been a little you know mm-hmm. a little leash. I think with, with, with everybody, like okay, okay. like D- Doug brings it up all the time, like you know twenty twenty one just bought everybody in the organization time. Yeah, and then once this year, once it, you know, it kind of came obvious that this was just another average team. Did, did, did the vibe just get a, a little a little more heated, I guess? I, I think the biggest mistake the Giants made was using 2021 and making it an example of why they shouldn't change anything going into 2022. They tried to right. do the exact same thing from 21, and they thought that it would work in 22. And so much went right in 2021 for that to be just not possible. 
how can Brandon Crawford, who finished, what, fourth or fifth in the MVP voting, who's an aging shortstop, him and Brandon Bell to, you know, since the pandemic, I guess through even 2022 was like among statistically one of the best left-handed hitters in baseball. Um, but like, how, how is that sustainable? Like right. it just didn't seem possible. And you had a lot of complimentary players that were coming back and it just didn't seem like, you know, they could have used the tactics in 2021 and supplied them in 2022 and 2023. And like the big thing is the emergence of the young guys. Like going forward, I think they're going to need to rely on those young guys more than before, like more than ever. Um, you now had what 12 guys debut and you got to keep all of them on the 40 man roster, presumably. And um, you will not succeed in the national league unless those guys pan not all of them, but most of them, right? I mean, that the, the so much playing time and so much development was spent on them the last year, maybe even for some the last two years at the minor league level, that something needs to, like, there needs to be lightning in the bottle. Right. Um, and they can't do things the same way like they didn't, you know, the last three years. Something's got to change, whether that be platooning or whether that be in the, in the, on the pitching staff. Um, like the Giants signed Shamanaya, Ross Stripling. And basically, with the assumption that they were going to start, they had the assumption they were going to start, and they had empty spots in the rotation all year, and they weren't being filled by guys that were signed to start. Right. They had such a short lead. Like, I mean, Sean and I had like what one bad start in the rotation, and like he ended up getting—I call it a demotion—to the bullpen. Like, what does that say to other free agent pitchers who want to sign with the Giants? I mean, probably not a good thing. But that's a different conversation that we might get into soon. But Overall, I think they tried to do the same things multiple times, and um, you can't you can't always assume that the very 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 best is always going to work. If that makes sense, you kind of uh, led me into what I want to bring up next and tie in. Obviously, we're going to talk about Gabe Kapler tonight uh, for a little bit. I just um, in his dismissal almost you know a week and a half ago now, and we'll talk replacement in, in a little bit, but. When you're trying to sell a new manager coming in um, from this front office and there's tying everything in, this is such a weird, and you used the word crossroads a few minutes ago, and I think it's a perfect word because there's so many things that can happen between, you know, Kapler getting let go a week and a half ago and the end of this next upcoming season, because there's only one more guaranteed year for Farhan Zaidi to be president of baseball operations in San Francisco and it's a unique and kind of unsettling situation for like a fan like me because he's only guaranteed one more year and you're trying to bring in a manager which generally when you bring in a new manager there's you know a three four year deal that yeah. come in they're tied um, together exactly and so if things don't go well out of the gate this next year and uh Zaidi's not back for 2025 like, what's that going to mean for the the incoming manager who maybe if there's uh, another president of baseball operations, they want to get their own manager? Is that going to deter any candidates, do you think? I, absolutely. And I, and that, that's a good point because Farhan and the Giants and people around the Giants, and I agree to a certain extent, like it is a popular job, right? People do want to be the manager of the San Francisco Giants. Sure. It is a big market uh, most of the time, right? Historically, it's a big market. Uh, there's a fan base that if you play well, they're going to come out. We've seen it in the past. 
uh, and if you put a product on the field that they could be proud of, they'll come out, right? Maybe not in the drives that they once did, but they'll come out. Um, and like the, the thing about it is, and Doug, you mentioned this just now, but Zaidi, the one year on the contract could really throw a wrench into the plans. And the reason being is because you're asking for somebody to possibly fill a spot and they could be gone the next year, right? Exactly. People like people, not just in sports, but people like every day and like, you know, the economy, they want job stability, right? Everybody wants job stability. And if you're a manager coming into this spot in San Francisco, on the surface, it looks like a great job. It's the San Francisco Giants. But then you kind of look deeper into it and, you know, you either have to be willing to work with the regime change or the person that comes in, if Farhan Zaidi does not do a great job, they might let you go. So it's it's almost asking them to sign up for a science experiment. Like this could work, but if not, then we can't guarantee your job security because we won't be here. Um, so it's a difficult sell, but I think there's still going to be plenty of interest and it could either go two, you know, two ways. Farhan Zaidi could either have a really good off season and make this team, you know, a, a, you know, give this team a good product on the field and he buys himself more time, maybe a three year, two year deal. Um, and the manager could be the manager for the long term, right? There's been managers that have survived regime changes in the past. Um, or again, it's a one year wonder and nobody has job security and the job they signed up for axes them after a single year. Uh, so that's why like there's rumors about maybe a stopgap, an older manager coming in, uh, a Joe Madden, a Ron Wotus, a Buck Showalter. We'll talk about candidates in a bit, but you know, a, a stopgap of some sort to give Farhan Zaidi the, uh, you know, the maybe not Farhan Zaidi's choice. I'm sure he wants a long-term manager because that's what he's thinking, but maybe this managerial search has more ownership involved because of Sound, that reason. Sounds like a one-year deal with a club option for 2024. It doesn't that, get more. That sounds like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it sounds perfect because it's, it's like you want, if you're going to come in and take this job with Farhan being on basically a, a one-year wait, wait, wait and see um, contract situation. You just, I think you, you want to know from ownership, go, go right to the top. Like, where is this? Where's this all going? What's the direction of this team? Like, are we this winter? Are we going to go out and spend money and get dudes? Because they said they said the last two years they're going to do that. That hasn't really happened. They've spent money, but look look how they spent it. Mm. And and then on the flip side, okay, well, no, we we really want to c- commit to the young guys. Well, they did, but they kind of didn't. Like first sign of adversity, a lot of those guys got got sent sent back. So I think if you're interviewing for for this job, you just you want a, a clear cut answer, like. How are we going to do this? You know, if, and, and am I going to, and yeah, obviously, am I just a one year stopgap or what's, how's this going to work? Mm-hmm. And if it's a one year stopgap, like, like nobody thought Dusty Baker would still be in Houston, right? Like when he was oh. hired, it was to clean up the mess, be kind of a transitional manager, and he's stuck it out to the point where he's still there. Like mm-hmm. if things go well and you hire someone who you expect to be, and I'm just, I don't think that these are realistic fits, but I'm going to say like Buck Showalter, Ron Wotus, whatever. Um, then, and if it goes well, it goes well. You have them, you know, you just roll with them, right? Uh, but the Giants, like historically, they don't hire managers very often. They went 30 years with like four guys, like, you mm-hmm. know, Roger Craig and then Dusty and then Philippe Lou and then Bochi. Like, that's not a lot of turnover. Yeah. And for a lot of them, they stuck with them through the bad. Like, mm-hmm. the, like, Bochi had bad years and they stuck with them. 
not just in the early days of Bochi, but the end days of Bochi, right? Like 20, 2018, he could have been gone, or they lost 98 games and they lost more, uh, less, a little bit less in 2018. And then 2019, like if he didn't step down, he might still be there. Um, so like the Giants have like a really long leash. And I think for Bochi, it might not be a fair comparison because, you know, he earned a lot with the fans and the championships. And he was somebody you just couldn't probably couldn't fire. Um, and I know that's the assumption that's going out there was that he was forced out, but that's a different topic. But maybe the, maybe the, the short, the, the stopgap candidate ends up being a long-term solution. You just never know. But ideally, you want to hire someone that's going to be there for a while. Well, I want to tie in like three things in one here and just get your thoughts on it. You talk about a stopgap. Uh, Rob talks about an identity of this team. What if Farhan and Pipatilla are trying to sell? I mean, if they do hire outside, of course, um, we're going to continue with how we've been doing the pitching thing and how we've been doing platoons. And I'm curious to think how that would sell to outside candidates rather than we're going to completely um, open our minds here. Um, we're willing to go a little more focus on everyday players, a little more standard and traditional uh, five-man rotation, so we're not doing so many openers, so many bullpen games. Um, or if they decide to stay with more platoon-heavy, more opener games, um, could that stopgap be like a Kai Correa? Which I know it's not sexy at all, and I'm not saying this is what I want. I'm just trying to think of, you know, we're going to do that for that one year because this is Farhan's last guaranteed year. So we're just going to keep it with someone who's in-house and and who knows the direction and how we do things already. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it could be. And if it is good luck with the PR nightmare, exactly Good yeah, luck yeah, yeah. with the PR yeah. nightmare, you will get scolded to no end. What oh, we yeah. saw, it, it will not be pretty if that's the case. Cause who hired gate, who hired Kai Correa, right? And who hired Mark Hall? Well, Hallberg was in the organization for a little bit before, but he was just promoted. Um, it, it's a, it's just a, it's just a very strange, situation with the with you know Farhan Zaidi getting a chance to hire make another managerial hire um and to to your point about like if the front office says we want to continue with the platoons and you got to stick with this they would be completely lying to everybody if they went into the interview process with that mindset because Zaidi said we have to change things and if you go into the interview process and bring up all the same things that have been failing the last two years you just lied to everybody, your fan base, your, the, you know, the media, everybody. Cause he said, we are open-minded. We are willing to change. We have to do things differently. Zaidi quote, I have to do things differently. Right. I don't know if that's the exact quote, but just, he, he basically said he has to do things differently. Right. And if you're going in there and saying, here's, here's how it is in San Francisco. Like you're not doing that. This, this manager has to have, this next manager has to have his own style, has to have, um, more say than maybe and Kerry Crowley has been saying this and I agree with them. Somebody that even disagrees a little bit with Farhan, like maybe Farhan needs another person in the room who could push back. Exactly. Who like maybe him and Gabe Kapler agree too much. Maybe that was the dynamic you didn't want. Um, maybe you need someone in there who has a different perspective on things who might, who might agree with some of Zaidi's ideas, but might also bring some on his own, but they have to have the keys to the car. Cause you know, it seems like uh, maybe the manager managerial spot the last few years they haven't had the keys to the car as much as they you know should have. Well, you know, Farhan said last week, and you know, you were there so before he wanted to get in 
to the interview process with outside guys. He had a couple internal candidates that he was looking at. I assume one of those, one of those is Kai Correa. Do you know? Do you have a thought of who else he could be talking about? Uh, I don't. I don't know of the internal candidates. I don't think they released the name, but they usually do a few. Remember when um, when when Bochi stepped down during the postseason? That's when they interviewed Hensley Mullins and Ron Wotus. And I assume, like, I don't know if Wotus is the right fit. Alex Pavlovich reported that, you know, from what he understands, it might not be a fit with with Farhan. But yeah, yeah, I, Kai Kare would definitely be probably a name, um, and. Correa could also be a guy they look to keep in the organization somehow because there's a lot of, you know, maybe, yeah, there isn't much thought to him as a bench coach just yet, but from an infield perspective, like he's a hot commodity. He's, you know, he's well known around the game as, as being kind of an infield whiz when it comes to teaching infield defense. Uh, and Mark Hallberg is probably going to be another one. He's had managerial experience in the minor leagues. He's looked at very fondly um, throughout the league and, um, Craig Albernez apparently is interviewing for the Cleveland Guardians job uh, that came out um, during the last game of the season. Um, and, and I believe he's got managerial experience in the minor leagues with the Rays. Uh, and then the uh, the one that was floated out by John Heyman, who are our good friend, John Heyman, Kyle Haynes, the uh, director of player development. Oh, yeah. So um, and wow. Haynes, I, I believe if I'm not mistaken, Haynes has coached in the minors before. Um because I think he even predates Farhan, if I'm not mistaken. But that could be an interesting one too. I don't know if you know where that would fit. Um, again, same mold as Gabe a little bit. Maybe you want a different voice in there. But uh, it is interesting. To, and I think the Giants' coaches, for the most part, will maybe you keep one around. But like Andrew Bailey, like was almost interviewed by the Mets a few off seasons ago, and then the Giants blocked it. Um, so these coaches, I think, you know, would, would go pretty quickly because they're still, even though the success has not been there, they're still pretty, uh, interesting, you know, people in baseball that teams might want. So let's talk outside candidates, which I think we can all agree. Like that's likely to happen is someone's going to come in from the outside. Now, like we discussed earlier, the whole one year thing with Farhan is, is unique and it's not real common. Uh, in the game so obviously that caveat is going to be a very important factor but uh, his name was getting tossed around a lot Bob Melvin but he's staying in San Diego which I think most of us thought anyways are there any names that nobody's talking about that you think could be a realistic option I know people have tossed around Stephen Vogt which I think there actually might be some merit there whether you like it or not Um, I don't think Buck Showalter is a real option or uh, maybe Joe Madden, but then that's like doubling down on the analytics side. Um, what what are your thoughts on outside candidates for the Giants managerial position? Yeah, I love the managerial carousel. Like every year, I kind of like you know looking to who like because the connections play a part in all of it, right? Like when 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 Zaidi hired Kapler, like he knew him from L.A. Um, and like those connections go a long way. Obviously, they're they're everywhere. Uh, and you know, there, there's a Stephen vote connection and he kind of described Stephen vote, like maybe unintentionally when he talked about like the manager he wanted. Um, but Bob Guerin with the Dodgers, who's the Dodgers bench coach is an interesting one. And he managed the A's for a little mm-hmm. bit when Farhan was there. Um, again, you know, maybe that's a PR dilemma. Uh, but at the same time, like, wouldn't you want to be kind of like the Dodgers and take something from them? Uh, I don't think it would be a bad thing. Bob Guerin, a, a very respected baseball guy. 
Um, Will Venables being tossed around, but he's also an option for basically any team looking for a manager. Um, Andrew Baggerly, you know, might have, you know, he mentioned Pat Burrell, but Baggerly only mentioned it because Zaidi mentioned it because Zaidi on his way to the press conference in the dugout uh, for the end of the season press conference said he was talking to Pat Burrell on the way in, um, which is interesting. And Burrell's been a coach in the minor leagues and, you know, he's seen as a guy who could blend the analytics and also the old school stuff pretty well. And he's a development guy, right? He's been in the minor leagues with a lot of the guys that are up here. And ideally, you know, the best thing the next manager could have is the ability to help develop these young guys at the big league level. Cause it's not going to be a guy like Buck Showalter who, you know, is, has the expectation of winning and Buck Showalter walks in and there's a bunch of young guys who barely have yeah. a year under their belt trying to develop. Right. Um, that would be a weird situation, but I'm shocked that there hasn't been a lot of Joe Espada talk. Uh, he's someone that was like the second place in, in 2018 or 19, uh, 20, uh, 2019 for the job. Um, but maybe he's looking for Dusty Baker. I think Dusty's on the last year of his deal. Um, Dusty's been going basically year by year. Maybe he's looking for that Houston job to open up possibly. Um, and then, of course, the big bopper in my mind is Craig Council. He's he's on the last year of his deal, and he's you know he's got a bunch of family in Milwaukee. People don't see him uh, leaving Milwaukee, and if he does. He's the favorite for the Mets job because yep. his pal David Stearns just got the job. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that seems like a match made in heaven. But my personal pick is Mark DeRosa. I think Mark DeRosa is going to be an excellent manager. I think he's going to kill it. He's got the experience to not managerial experience, not coaching experience, but people know him. And I think people around the game, players around the game would be driven to play for him. I don't know if like I've watched him on TV for 10 years now. Every episode I've watched of MLB Central, or at least most of them. And I've seen the way he talks about players, and I've seen the way he, you know, obviously, again, no managerial experience, but he's done it a little bit in his head when he's breaking down certain things. Uh, And he's somebody that I think would adapt to the analytics, but also have kind of what you would want in like an old school type manager. Uh, And he just came off of an experience where he managed a bunch of stars, a ton of stars. And, um, now you get to come here and do the complete opposite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Start with nothing. Yeah. 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 But um, if you listen to interviews about him, like he said that he could see it being a full time thing, but he values being around for his kids, but his kids are getting older and um it, it's a big ask for a lot of guys. And he's from the East Coast and you'd probably have to pay a little more. He's making I'd assume seven figures with MLB network, uh, from what it's being reported. You'd have to kind of woo him. I think Bochi's the highest paid manager. Um, you'd have to woo DeRosa away from MLB network, but, um, and you know, the whole thing about moving out there and not being on TV anymore, but, and, and obviously walking into a situation where you would need to do some developing, uh, which not everybody might not want to do, but I think he would be a, a really good manager. So he would be my personal, uh, personal desire pick. You know, Doug and I, you know, talked about him on the last episode and maybe you might know Steven cause I, I don't. The fact that he was able to like work up a spring training game against the Giants with with Team USA does he, does he is he still connected with with the organization in in a couple ways but with some people and we just don't we just don't know. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I think that might have been something that was set up by probably the upper management of Team USA. Um, but it could be. I mean, you know, maybe he looks at that situation. I mean, he always says that that he loved San Francisco. He just wishes that he would have played more. 
Like right. 2010, he had the wrist injury early yeah. in the year yep. and ended up shutting him down for the whole year. But he was there. He was he never left. He was there for the postseason run. 2011 had the wrist injury too, but came back and played a little bit. He had some big games, big hits uh, down the stretch for the Giants. I think like a walk-off of some sort. So he always liked the team, I think. Um, and, and just not a lot of people have a bad thing to say about him. And I think that's one thing you look for. Uh, but I don't think there's any ties. I think, you know, He's, he's pretty – he could be connected to the Mets job, right? I mean, he's a New York guy kind of in that area, um, and, and they could easily look to him. Um, but I, I do I do expect him to manage in, in the next three years, no doubt about it. But the right situation definitely has to come because um, it, it, it would take a lot, I think, for him to leave um, you know MLB Network. And, and it might not be for a job with this low job security again. Like if he's going to move somewhere and he's going to take this job and give up the best rated baseball morning show for a spot that he might be in in one year, like why even do it, you know, get some job security and then make a decision. So I don't know if the Giants have that for him, but um, I I think it's a good option. So, Stephen, I kind of want to close out just talking about actual players. I know we've been talking more organization, uh, front office stuff. Shoot, we didn't even talk. Uh, ownership, which is, you know, my biggest gripe. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, from the player perspective, this is a free agent class this upcoming winter. You know, obviously we're a few weeks away. It's not completely loaded outside of, you know, Shohei Shohei Otani. And there's some guys that could be free agents if they opt out of some, some deals. Um, What do you expect the giants to do? Do you think they're going to go heavy into some of these guys are they going to lean more into their young prospects and some that already you know showed this year Patrick Bailey, Casey Schmidt, Marco Luciano, Luis Matos and you know some guys are not far behind Carson Wisenhunt, Mason Black. Do you think that they're going to lean way more in on the young guys or are they going to try and go after some free agents too and, and really make a big splash? That's like the tough that's like the the biggest question I think of the offseason because they could do either. Um, if you take kind of the developmental approach, like it might be Farhan Zaidi's last year, right? Cause then you're, you're prolonging things. But if you jump the gun and you, you know, God forbid, empty the farm system to, to save your butt, if you're Farhan, um, cause I think when I mean empty out the farm system, I'm talking about trade. Cause I think that's the best Avenue at this point. I don't think there's free agents out there that there are some there's Bellinger. There's of course, Otani, there's Matt Chapman, but the issue is like, you know, maybe you don't even think about this because you want to add the most talent possible. But like, I'm glad that they they said what they said about Luciano at shortstop. I think that was a, such a positive saying straight off the bat. We're gonna stick this guy at shortstop. We expect him to be the everyday shortstop. And the only downside to that is that we we heard that with David VR, uh, and David VR did not end up sticking at third base. But I think this is a little bit different. Um, and if if Luciano's struggling, let him struggle. Like, let him struggle. He's got to get there. He's got all the talent in the world, we believe. We've said it for years. Let him struggle. But for the free agent market, like, my big question is, like, where do they where do they get better? I think they have so many outfield options that, like, it, is the outfield a place to upgrade? Like, do you, do you upgrade but also keep Luis Matos in mind? Do you upgrade but also keep Casey Schmidt in mind? Do you try to upgrade and also keep, um, you know, we could keep going, uh, Wade Meckler and my, like, th- there's a lot of young guys that, like, you want them to play, 
but at the end of the day, if there's an upgrade out there, you have to get it. Um, so it's a difficult situation. Do you leave spots open in center field for a guy like Luis Matos? Do you leave a spot open at third base for Casey Schmidt? Or do you just pounce? And I think the the free agent market is just not good. I mean, look at the outfielders. It's like Lourdes Gurriel. It's um, Teoscar Hernandez. Teoscar Hernandez is the big yeah. one. Yeah. Possibly Conforto and and Jock. Like and Jock's not even an outfielder. He's a left-handed platoon bat. You know, yeah. DH. Um, so I don't know. I I I I'm fearful of this free agent market. I think it's weak. And I think the Giants might just be better off sticking with a lot of your, their young guys. But I think the big question is, do you leave spots open for the young guys or do you just pounce, right? Because um, I think Luis Mato showed good signs, but he also showed signs of maybe needing to get stronger. Do you let him get stronger this offseason or do you get a Bellinger, right? That's the number one question. I think uh, Alex Havovich, you know, put out his, his article today talking about how Mike Stramski, Lamont Wade, J.D. Davis, and all, uh, all these other guys who are still arbitration eligible and how, yeah, it makes sense, you know, like in your head, oh, he's, these guys cost nothing. Of course, bring him back. But if they bring all these guys back, Austin Slater, too, and Tyler Rogers, they, they were the others. You have the same team. You've got the same team. Ex- ex- exactly. So how would that go over with all the fans? Like talking about we got to do things differently. We got to do this. We got to do that. But, oh, yeah, all, this guy, this guy, this guy. They're all, oh, they're all coming back, of course, you know. Yeah, so, and all their yeah, all their arbitration guys are at prices that are pretty reasonable. Like yeah. Lamont Wade, three million. Like, you know, Slater, right? Um, and, and that that's what I was like, kind of like alluding to is that like first base, like you, th- like they might think they have it covered with Lamont Wade and maybe Wilmer Flores, right? Those are your first basemen. Uh, and then we look at it like they might need to upgrade there because I don't think that's enough. But do they pick Lamont Wade and Flores, or do they pick? somebody else at first base that's the question to me and and like does does austin slater get priced out as your as your right-handed platoon bat or do you have a guy like elliot ramos become the new austin slater because slater priced you out in a limited role uh is yastrzemski gonna price you out or do you like yastrzemski's value playing all three outfield spots um jd davis like he was good early on. He improved defensively, but he just ended the year in just a disarray and just missing fastballs in the zone. And, you know, it, it was a rough for him. And, and all these guys that are kind of arbitration eligible, like if you bring them all back, just like you said, Robbie, you end up having the same team and you don't want to have the same team. You want to have changes. So um, figuring, figuring out where to upgrade, I think that's a crazy, uh, crazy question going into the offseason. I, I wonder if they're. I wonder if they're going to buy out Tyro Estrada's uh, arb years. I mean, he's. They I should. Think he's, yeah. he's a super two, I believe. So I, I think they should be able to uh, buy it out. But he's technically, I believe, he's in his first year of arbitration eligibility. But he is a super two, so he'll get buy them all out. Yeah. Well, all. Buy them oh, all. Oh, his out. years. Yeah. His years. I got. His it. I, thought you meant, yeah, yeah. I, I thought you meant all the players. I'm like, whoa, Steven. No. <laughs> whoa, no, no, no. <laughs> yes, I, I think yeah. Tyrus Strada is the one out of the guys on the arb list, and and Robin, I'll probably have a more specific episode where we get into, you know, arbitration opt outs, and we'll we'll discuss that soon because it is coming up soon. But I think Tyrus is the one guy you commit to. Like, this is a guy we want to commit multiple years to because. I mean, they got him for absolutely nothing from the New York Yankees. This was this was one of the great Farhan moves that he did make. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's still young. He's 
27, go give him a four or five year deal, you know? Yeah. And, and it, I, it probably so. like overall money. I don't think it would cost that much. Agreed. So the only guy on your team who even thought about stealing this year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the only that's, guy. Yeah. That's another funny thing is that at the end of the season press conference, like they was like, yeah, we need to get more athletic. And then he was like, I know I said that last year. Like, <laughs> like, so we're bringing back Jock Peterson. No, bringing back Jock, yeah, need to get more athletic. Like you said this last year, and and the Giants just, I mean, everybody's pointing to that Arizona series of being the indicator that just like the final Arizona series at Chase Field was like the indicator that the Giants just are not even close. Like the, that was for me, like I was like, mm, maybe the Diamondbacks are closer to the Giants than I thought. No way. The talent's not there. The speed's not there. This is a team that had like under like it was like under five stolen bases in the second half up until a certain point, but they just stopped trying to steal. And when baseball as a whole, as an industry, as a rules committee, when they give you a slight advantage to steal more bases and you don't take advantage of it and the other teams do, like it shouldn't shock you that you're not athletic, you know, if you don't try to take advantage of the rules, you know. Yeah, and on the flip side, in that same series, you had Arizona out there looking like a track team, you know, just yeah. stealing, stealing every base. Yeah, their outfield is insane. Like, yes. their outfield, nothing gets by. I, I remember covering one of the games with the Diamondbacks, and it seemed like every ball in the air just did not go by anybody. Right. And I think there was a double in the left center field gap, and I leaned over to our friend uh, Jim on base, and I was like, it got by someone. <laughs> it's insane. And, and look at those D-backs now. They're one win away from... A huge upset and a and a quick, you know, three game sweep of the Los Angeles Dodgers to get into the NLCS. So, How about that? Yeah, I worry a little you... bit about their like pitching, like outside of Kelly and Gallon in a long series in the seven game series. But sure, they're, they're impressive. They're impressive. It's a good lineup, and, good lineup. and yeah, it's fun to watch for sure. Um, damn it, I had a question. I had one like wrap up question for you, and I told you, oh yeah. That's what it was. So, World Series prediction mm-hmm. for you, Steven, since we have you here. Uh, what do you got? Um, I mean, it's hard to bet against Atlanta. Like, they're the team that everybody kind of wants to see in the World Series, um, where they're just a historically good lineup. Everybody, one through nine, Brian Snicker trotted out the same guys out there with Murphy and Olsen and Acuna and Albies. And yeah, and, and just everybody going Riley, Riley made a great play and Michael Harris. And I mean, so many extraordinarily good talent. They have pitching concerns. I think Freed had the blister. Charlie Morton had the hand injury. Um, there's some pitching concerns with them um, as there are the Dodgers. Dodgers have big pitching concerns. I think they got a combined um, like they didn't even get through two innings with their starters in combined games. Kershaw and um, and um, Bobby Miller. Yeah. which yeah. is insane, but also seems kind of expected with uh, Arias going down. And then, um, you know, Lance Lynn, I think kind of is reliable to a certain extent. So their pitching's not looking too great. Um, Dustin Mays, the other guy I was thinking of that went down. Walker Bueller. Um, yeah. Bueller too. Yeah. Still no Bueller. Yeah. Yeah, it's a long, Bueller. long list. So I would go with the Braves and in the American league, um, Baltimore has been really impressive. I think their their pitching is like Bradish is a guy who a lot of people are going to know his name by the end of this postseason, um, and their bullpen like was good this year too. Um, but it goes through it goes through the Astros. I really think it goes through Houston, um, and um, 
you know, Texas too. They Texas scores runs. They know how to score runs and Bruce Bochy has no bullpen to deal with, but he's still kind of clicking the the right buttons. Well, they they did eliminate the Orioles tonight. Yeah, I was, oh, I was just gonna say that. Yeah, yeah. that like, right just, came it, on. It, yeah. it just happened. It just happened. Yeah. That shows you. Yeah, that shows you how much I'm paying attention. Yeah, you know, we're and just. I knew that. I knew that too. No, <laughs> yeah, I knew that too. And I went into this. I went into today having my thoughts about the postseason, and I, I yeah, this, that that was bad. Yeah, Orioles, bye bye. Just happened. I would like to see those guys at the younger stage, or the the younger players on the big stage at some point, though. Hopefully next year they come back because they're a fun team. I think baseball is all about who's playing the best right now, and I mean the Giants did that multiple times in their in their run, you know, in the last decade. But um, I'm with you. I picked Atlanta to to win the whole thing before the season even started, so I'm going to stick with them. Um, obviously, I had the blue jays coming out of the al sorry chris that didn't happen um but like i said you got to go with what's hot and and i'm not i'm not one of those giants fans that's you know all in on oh bochi 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 and i love bruce bochi i have nothing but good things to say about him i'm just saying from a baseball perspective i like the rangers more than the astros right now and i'm gonna Mm -hmm. go with the hot hand I, i i think the the rangers right now are better than the astros so i think it's gonna be a brazen rangers world series yeah, I wouldn't have an argument to to you know to put up against that. I think it's a completely valid take. Um, they they score a lot of runs. I think it, they they might have slumped a little bit towards the second half, but their first half numbers and the run differential was insane. I mean, they were putting up runs. I think they had so many like ten or more uh, runs scored games in yeah. the big leagues. Like that stat was like getting into the twenties, I think, which is insane. They were just scoring so many runs, but. And the way they did it is much different than the way like Baltimore did it, like built their team. Baltimore built it. The, Baltimore built it. Houston or uh, um, Texas bought it, right? Texas's mm-hmm. rotation is completely makeshift of free agents. DeGrom earlier in the year, I know he's out now. Scherzer, I know he's out now. But Andrew Heaney and Jordan Montgomery and, um, you know, Martin Perez at one point. And, and a bunch of these- was so good tonight. Evaldi, yeah, all these yeah. guys are free. John Gray, all these yeah. guys are free agents or trade. They just completely built the rotation from scratch, and yep. none of them are like ideal, like aces. Maybe Degrom and Scherzer when they're healthy, but they kind of just get the job done, right? Like Montgomery, like I don't know if the Giants regret not making a move at the deadline, but they should. you know, it couldn't hmm. have hurt. Didn't cost much either. Yeah, I like I like the Rangers over the Braves, but I I, I gotta say this. That Braves Philly series, oh, that is some theater because they hate each other, and you can see it is so good, and they're so even. The Phillies are playing such good baseball right now. I I'm praying that that goes five. I'm praying. I was gonna yeah. say you could, you could argue the Phillies are playing the best baseball right now. I mean they were they were up four nothing in game two yesterday, mm-hmm. and the Braves just came storm back. And you know you brought up Michael Harris and in, in that ending play that he made yesterday to double off Harper off the after the catch in center field just crazy electric game you want to watch for entertainment you tune into that Braves and Philly series right now so a lot of fun oh, insane yeah that, um, that was, that's an insane series and and I think Dodgers Diamondbacks like have we seen that much up in the in the postseason I don't think we have I can't you guys are older than me so you might know pre <laughs> <laughs> they, they, didn't the, win, I, they didn't win in 2001 but yeah. other than that now but the, yeah in terms of the dodgers you're talking but, uh um, them playing each other yeah because like the diamondbacks are maybe still pretty once 
pretty new franchise, Arizona. I know they play Arizona played Colorado in the wild card game a few years ago, and then in the postseason in 2011, I think they played the Brewers, and that was the Niger Morgan walk off. Right. Ah, yeah. Yeah. They they didn't play in 2001. The Dodgers weren't good that year. That was the year Bonds broke the home run record. The Giants didn't make it, but the Diamondbacks won the whole thing. I just I don't remember how they got there. Off yeah. top of my head. Every time I hear, the, every time I'm watching that series and I hear the name David Peralta, I always go, I have to think like what team he's on because he was the Diamond Pack for a while, and it's like, oh, he's on the other side. <laughs> Stephen, before we let you go, do you have any, uh, you know, columns coming out? Do you have any uh, podcasts coming up? Do you want to plug yourself? Yeah. So to close out the uh, the the 2023 season, I'm going to be doing a top five moments of the year type thing. Um, so I'm going to compile a list and kind of narrow it down from there. There's some, even though it was kind of a disappointing year for the giants, there were some big moments. There's a few that come to mind. Um, and, uh, a podcast that Tyler Hall and I just did on the shutdown inning with Savannah bananas, pitcher slash hitter. Um, our, our good friend, Dakota stilts, Al Britton, uh, who we met, oh, okay. um, in Sacramento, uh, on the field, we played catch with him. We caught his bullpen session after the game. Um, quick story. The lights actually went off during the Sacramento uh, game with the bananas. And Tyler, Tyler was very disappointed. He's a Sacramento guy. And he was like, and I was disappointed too. And Tyler was like, Sacramento's like looking really bad because of this. And we were pissed <laughs> off. We left. And then we ended up staying back and talking to a few of the players. And we plugged our podcast and said, Hey, does anybody want to come on? And stilts had a really big line. Um, with a bunch of people lining up for autographs and pictures and we waited it out and we kind of like walked around a little bit. And by the time we came back across him, he had like one person out of his line. So we walked up and we introduced him. We said, Hey, you want to come on the podcast? And he threw his phone down and then we got like his contact info. And then Tyler was like, yeah, a crazy game today. The lights went out. And then Stilts was like, yeah, I was supposed to pitch in this game. It's kind of disappointing. And then Tyler had a catcher's glove and he's like, well, do you want to go play catch now? Just joking around. And he seriously said, yeah, let's do it. So we walked <laughs> back on the field at, at, uh, at the river cat stadium. And we walked across to the, the to the right field bullpen, uh, still topped over the, uh, the right field wall, just put his leg over. We had to walk around and, uh, <laughs> we removed the tarp. We removed the tarp from the mound and we caught his disgusting two seam sink fastballs and slider so it was a cool experience we caught up with him he's a good interview uh and then i know that was a long-winded story and then what i have coming up on rizzo cast i just did a postseason preview a few days ago with uh danny vietti from cbs sports i took like a month off from rizzo cast just because school stuff got in the way and then there's one i recorded today you're the first to hear it of current mlb agent tucker ward who is the son of um of uh i'm blanking on the hitting coach's name uh ward who used to be the hitting turner ward turner ward Ward, Ward, former pirate come on former pirate who's now the hitting coach for the cardinals and uh his son tucker's an agent and he represents some minor league guys and also bryce eldridge oh interesting interesting uh interesting there um and then uh yeah so that's pretty much it those are my my plugs but yeah. Looking looking forward to reading that and listening to those pods. So thank, uh thank you. Thank sure. you, John. Thank you, John. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Day. Uh so, so, <laughs> our stupid little one liners. Uh, so Steven, thank you very much again for coming on. I'm sure we'll have you on again before the off season wraps up. Um 
just want to thank you for your time and uh, definitely looking forward to uh, more episodes from the Say Hey Podcast. You can follow uh, Rob and I at Say Hey Doug, at Say Hey Rob, and at Say Hey Podcast on X, on X, and of course on Instagram as well. Um, and make sure you're up on uh, Giant Shatter on Facebook and Twitter or on X because uh, that's where you can find Steve and Rob and I. So, <laughs> so, so uh, for Say Hey Doug, Say Hey Rob, and Steven Risotto, thank you very much. And uh, until next time, go Giants. Go Giants. Say hey, say who, say Willie, say hey, say who, swinging at the plate, say hey, say who, say Willie, that giant kid is great, say hey. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.